Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on the two-all draw with Everton that really did nothing for either side's European hopes. All the way from Vienna, it's the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? Um, surprisingly well. Uh, I think we all expected it to be somewhat disappointing tonight. But uh, yeah, I'm all right, because it's a chance to talk Spurs and... Yeah, this is this is what I signed up for 35 years ago. So it, it, it's not so strange. Yeah, it's kind of we're used to it. Like, also joining us uh, from Columbus Spurs in Ohio, uh, it's been a while since he's been on. Uh, we have Jesse Giorzi. Sorry, did I pronounce that right? Terrific, terrific oh, uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Jesse, welcome back. How are you doing? You know, I'd say lukewarm, just like a tepid glass of water. I don't feel too great. I don't feel too sad anymore. I'm, I'm a bit apathetic. The the last uh, since the since the European dropout. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be with you guys. But you know, lukewarm about uh, about Tottenham right now. Yeah, everyone's kind of got this sort of apathy creeping over them. Where even when we scored the goal today, I was just like, okay, we'll probably throw it away, which we did. The apathy is, is what's, <laughs> what's killing us. But we, we'll try and keep it upbeat. This is an international podcast. We've got Brazil. We've got Vienna. We've got Columbus, Ohio. Uh, last time you were on, Jesse, you were repping Indiana Spurs. Is that right? Yeah, I was with the Indianapolis Spurs. We uh, helped sort of restart that group um, that had been a bit stagnant and um, and uh, and had a good run there and then came to Columbus and, uh, and, and hated the way that we did our emails. And so... Uh, reached out to the president and asked if I could run for something um, so that I could at least write our emails a little bit and, and do some things. And so I've been, uh, been with this group for, I think, uh, about a, about a year or so. So yeah, just, you know, dabbling around who, who knows which, uh, which group I'll, I'll be able to, to wallow in disappointment with next across the US. <laughs> you're, 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 you're basically like the firefighter, aren't you? You come in halfway through the season and you realize that things aren't working as well as they should. 
So you fix everything up and then you leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, that's the, that's the dream. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about the, the, the supporters group uh, towards the end of the pod, but we have a game to pick apart. HG, as we always do, let's start with the lineup. We went to a back three. Uh, I don't know if it was to mirror Everton's approach, uh, but we finally at least got to see Toby back. Whether or not he had a good game, we'll discuss. But it just, for me, it looked slightly overly defensive. It was really, Son and Kane were the only attacking players in there. Lucas and Nacelso were dropped for, for Toby to come in and Sissoko. Do you think it was an overly cautious team with, uh, to play against a team that doesn't have a striker? Uh, yes. Do you need any more than that? Um, look, it, it was... <laughs> It was incredibly defensive because we talk about three at the back. Well, yeah, it's five defenders plus two defensive midfielders plus Dombele, who doesn't really know what he is yet. So, yeah, you are right. It's Son and Kane. It was Son and Kane versus their defence. That was basically the game plan. Uh, if I can say that's a plan, I don't know. Um, look, we've, we've said for weeks, Toby plus one, not Toby plus two. What is going on? Three at the back doesn't work. We don't have the players for it for a start. Like none of our players are really used to playing three at the back. I, I doubt we've trained it that much. So unless Jose is thinking, I, I really want to start seven defensive players in the cup final next week, let's give it a go against Everton. No, there, there is little point to to the lineup that we saw tonight. Well, Jesse, in terms of the lineup, did you think? What did you think when you saw it? Because we knew that Everton would go with three at the back. They've got some injury problems. Um, so do you think that Jose was trying to mirror that? Because I thought, that at least in the sort of the start of the game, that we, we matched them. There was a bit of a midfield battle going on. There was some pressing. What were your thoughts when, when you saw the team come out and of, of the sort of early exchanges in the game? Yeah, I think I, I hadn't thought about that as a, as a, as a bit of a test run um, to uh, the, the lineup and the approach and shape and all that as a, as a test run for City. I think that that makes me feel a lot better about it. The first thing I thought when I saw it, I just texted my, my Spurs group chat, was just like, oh, this looks very interesting. And uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, again, you look up and down the lineup and you're like, Who, who's going to get the ball to Sun and Kane? You know, and it's it's really... And Nombele, and, and that's pretty much the only person that's that's going to get to it. Obviously, we know Sissoko doesn't know how to how to really work a, a decent ball forward, and and uh, and Hoiberg's the ball before the ball, so it, it definitely felt like a, a bit of that approach. Again, I, I like to look at it through those the way that you looked at it, HG, through those lens of of maybe a, of testing the lineup against City. But yeah, it was just sort of like uninspiring. Um, and you know, it's one thing when uh, when when Poach used to do a, a, a three at the back, it felt a little bit different than this one. It just was. Uh, yeah, I sort of. I, I was surprised to see it, and just again that that, that like the, you usually don't get the too much apathy before the game, but this lineup is one that will induce a little bit of uh, of pregame apathy. Yeah, to to be fair, Jesse, I think I did the same as almost every other Spurs fan, and just looked at it and thought, oh God, there's got to be a reason somewhere. Like I don't think any of us really thought tonight should have been used as a as a warm up for City, but you, you just think. Like you have to believe that the manager has some kind of plan. All, all evidence flies in the face of that thought, but I have to believe it. I can't. I don't want to put Mourinho in the Tim Sherwood category of like you know complete idiots who just throw, you know throw darts at a dartboard to see who's going to play. That 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 that's kind of where I am right now because you just don't know. But 
I don't know, like, yeah, defensive would have made sense had we tried to play on the counter tonight, but we didn't. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the funny thing. We, you, know, you mentioned the three at the back that we had under Pochettino. Well, we played on the front foot. It was a high press. Right. So it was, you know, three defenders, but they're all basically parked on the halfway line. And tonight we had three defenders that were, you know, maybe only five, ten yards deeper than that. But with two defensive midfielders ahead of them, they almost had to be there because the two defensive midfielders were stuck on the halfway line. So, you know, half our team didn't really want to go into into Everton's half. It, it's a massive issue. But on, on that, HG, though, at the beginning of the game, I thought we, we played relatively well. There, obviously, there's going to be a midfield battle. It was quite congested in midfield. But we, I thought we matched them. I thought that we, we at least were pressing. They looked like a smidgen of a plan there. Do you not no. think that the first 20 minutes at least? I think we won the ball well in midfield. Look at the midfield they had. It was what, Allen and Tom Davies and Sigurdsson. None of them strike me as being massively physical, right? I know Allen likes to put himself about a bit, but he's not the biggest. Um, but yeah, we won the ball and then we passed it back to Toby and Roden. Uh, uh, like, what's the point? Like, I mean, I understand it's, it's nice to have the ball, but this is Jose. Jose doesn't want the ball. Jose likes the other team to have the ball. And yet, so we were winning it and then we had no one to play it forward. So, you know, yeah, Everton got their three centre-halves. Right, two of them take Kane, one takes Son. Dombele, you know, it doesn't really matter what he does because he's always also looking to just keep possession. He, he likes to recycle things. It, it's, it, yeah, so yeah, we looked okay. I mean, there were, there were various parts of tonight's game I thought we did all right, but it it, it was just so disorganised for me. Like, as, as weird as it is, you know, we got a point tonight, but I think that we were much more organized against Man United at the weekend, even though they beat us. That that was a much better performance and made me think, okay, we're we're working towards something. Tonight just felt like we're, we're you know, we we're gonna make it difficult for Everton so that they can't do what they want. But do we know what we want to do? I don't think we do. I'll, I'll I'll disagree with you. I thought I, I preferred today than than Sunday's game against United. And just in terms of we, we just fell apart against United. Anyway, Jesse. Uh, you're going to get the good questions, the fun questions in this pod. We went 1-0 up. Uh, Harry grabbed his 20th goal of the season to go level with Robbie Fowler in the all-time Premier League scoring charts. It was a good ball from from Tongi and, and Michael Keane helped it on. And when he controlled it, there was no doubt that was going in, wasn't there? No, I mean, he's just so, so incredibly calm. And and I, I would love to look at the, you know, the... The touches. It didn't feel like he had a ton uh, of time on the ball, um, you know, in a dangerous position. He had that that one late pass to to Dyer when he was on the left side of the box, but just so clinical, so calm, so just uh, perfect on on the ball. And and yeah, I guess I, I didn't think about Keane being the one to get uh, to get the ball and uh, into the attacking players, and if uh, if Tenge couldn't do it, so yeah, it was it was exciting. It was great to see again. Just so. Uh, Always ready, um, absolutely composed. Uh, you know, mm. uh, and uh, you see a lot in American uh, American football, which is a, a sport I work in here. That like, it, uh, especially younger kids in college, they'll point at their um, after they score a touchdown or make a big catch. They'll point at their uh, at their forearm and say they've got ice in their veins. You know, they're so cool, calm, and collected. And that's the that, you know, those two were were pretty clinical. Um, cool, calm, collected, ice water in his veins, kind of Harry Kane um, goals there that you love to see. He wants to join the NFL as well, doesn't he, Kane? He's a huge fan. Yeah, mega. He's got dreams of kicking one day. I know he's he's done it, and it's a lot different kicking uh, an oblong ball than uh, than a round one. But um, you know, whenever uh, 
uh, NFL teams go out to to play at the stadium, and previously at Wembley, when when they'd link up with Spurs, he'd you know do some pretty impressive kicking. It's a little bit different when you've got you know several three hundred pound men um, running at you than when he's just sitting there by himself kicking it. But maybe maybe one day when he's you know thirty eight after uh, lifting uh, a few big eared trophies at the lane, um, hopefully that he uh, he can come over to the U.S. and and kick for somebody over here. Is it, if he wants some practice, uh, Richarlison did it for him tonight by throwing himself into his ankles right at the end of the game. So, mm. yeah, if, if that was a bad thing to bring up. But, uh, yeah, like it, I, I can do that too. I'm almost 300 pounds the way this lockdown's going. So uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll make it difficult for him if he, if he needs some practice before he moves over to the States and finishes his career at, like, what, 42 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, he can do it. Well, HG, I said in the Patreon chat that, that when we scored, when he scored that goal, it was a great goal. And I enjoyed the moment, but I didn't feel a huge amount of emotion because you just know that we'd throw the lead away. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be so quickly. Um, but then we got our Oliver Twist. I hope you like that little, little pun. Um, was it a pen, HG? Well, I thought so. Um I, I, the whole team thought so. Look, I understand that uh, obviously he does drag his foot into the ground um, and the re- replays I saw on TV here were pretty inconclusive as to why he did that. But I, I, I think that he, he goes to take the shot and and before Rigion gets to the ball, um, he, he stops Hamas from doing the same thing. So I thought it was a pretty clear penalty. I know that lots of fans would probably disagree with that, but I, I just didn't... It was just a stupid decision. It's the type of foul you'd expect Aurier to make you know jumping mm. in when, when, when you don't think that there's a chance of getting the ball yes I mean Hamis could have easily found the bottom corner with the shot it, it, it would have been a decent opportunity for him but you, you just can't do that you can't do it in the box and everyone just seemed resigned to another individual mistake because whether we blame Mourinho for, for pl- picking these players in the first place they are everyone is making individual mistakes all season it's only really Kane that hasn't Frankly, so it's uh, yeah, I, I did. I think I, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned the 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 similarities that you'd expect it from Aurier because I'm looking I'm looking at regular and I'm like, is he our Aurier for the left hand side? Because he's great going forward. He's got a great ball on him, but defensively, there's question marks still. Like we saw against Newcastle, he didn't have a great game. We saw against again against United, he wasn't at the races. But going forward, his his assists are great, and and Aurier as well. I remember the, the one game that I went to at, at New White Hart Lane. We played Palace, and we, we smashed them four 0 and Aurier had a blinder because we were playing on the front foot, and he was attacking and knocking in balls. I, I think there's, I think that that uh, Regulon might be another Aurier. Um, I mean, I've I've said it before on the pod. To me, they are fullbacks that like that basically need to start from deep. And with the system we had today, you, you you don't want them to do that. You want them to be almost you know right midfielders. And Ori, I don't think he's comfortable doing that. He he's not a person to to use tricks to get past the player. He might have pace, but you you need to put the ball into space for him to run onto. Which of course we didn't have any passes today, so it, it, it's tough. But I, I think that both he and Reguilón are the type of fullbacks that like to join in, like like Walker did. I mean, look, I know Walker was, um, you know, in that four-two-three-one, but I, I still think that that that's the type of role that they want to do. They don't want to start higher up the pitch. They don't want to be wing backs or wingers that track back. They want to be full backs first and foremost. Second half, HG. I, mean, I thought we started okay. Like we had, there was a few chances. 
Dyer seemed to be getting forward a lot, which which I found quite bizarre. It might have been from a corner. We had some half chances, but but actually their second goal was it just a brilliant goal? It, it was a very well worked goal. But could we have done more? Were we chasing shadows? Were we ball watching? Is is it more their brilliance or our our deficiency? I would go that it's more brilliance in this case. Like, I don't think, I mean, they worked the ball well down the right-hand side. Coleman is obviously very experienced, picked the perfect pass, and it it was a brilliant first-time finish. I don't think we can complain too much. Like, I know Dyer in the post-match interview was kind of annoyed at himself for not doing better to stop the cross or to track the run, but... I mean, he'd, he'd been dealing with Iwobi for, for an hour quite comfortably and Coleman is just has got that little bit of extra pace. And so and plus, Coleman is, is a wing-back. Like, he, he's played there before. He knows what to do. Iwobi has never really been that. So I don't know why... He'd they... just come on as well. He'd literally yeah, come he'd on just a come minute on. before. Exactly. And, and that's just it. Like, he, 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 I think with Coleman, because he is so experienced, he does know what he wants to do before he's really even started. He's done it so many times now, it's probably muscle memory. Whereas it won't be still learning the position, but it, it, it was a brilliant driven ball and it went straight to where only Sigurdsson could get it. Like none of our defenders really had a chance to to even close the shot down. Um, you could be a little bit annoyed at, um, I think it was Aurier that was tracking behind him or not really, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't think anyone expected... We, we, all, we all know Sigurdsson's quality. If anyone does, it should be Spurs fans for the goals mm. he scored for us. But um, yeah, like it could have gone anywhere and it, it didn't. It went straight into the side of the net. So yeah, like it, it's frustrating, but you know, teams do have a tendency to score pretty good goals against us. It's just <laughs> <laughs> annoying that we don't do that much to stop it. But uh, yeah, in that case, it, to me, it's more Everton than it was us. It was weird because at the time I, I, I was looking at the Everton bench because they've got a few injuries and I was... The only name that I saw on that bench that I recognised was Seamus Coleman. So he came on and I was like, so that that's all you got, Angelotti, with your, with your weird pink eye? That's all you got is Seamus Coleman? <laughs> and then he does that. It was just, oh. So it's your yeah. fault is what you're saying? Yeah, it was my fault for, for looking at Angelotti's weird eye and making fun of him. <laughs> Jess, I think is this is it. I'm going to HG with all the bad questions. Coming to you with all the good questions. <laughs> um, our go- our second goal again, like it was a bit of a mishap. I'm giving Michael Keane man of the match for us because <laughs> he's gifted us twice. Bless him. Like it, had he not had he not brushed the header on for his first, and again he it was it was just it was a clear mistake, a huge mistake at the back. And Kane just walloped it. Do you, do you, obviously, it was fortunate, but do you think it was deserved, our second goal? I mean, if you give Kane a touch with any amount of space in that point uh, in the box, he's, as I talked about before, he's one of the most deadly and clinical um, players in the world uh, for, for years now. So, uh, you know, given the, the run of play and all that, no, I don't know if we deserve to be you know, necessarily 2-2 at that point. But when you just look at the, uh, you know, you zoom in um, as opposed to zooming out on the whole run of, of play of the game, when you zoom in on Kane's got a clean look with no one in front of him and the ball right there at that point, um, you know, against uh, uh, an overrated, in my opinion, keeper like Pickford, like, yeah, that, that part's deserve. If you let a dangerous guy get a clean shot, um, you know, it's a bit like a, like a boxer who's, who's, who's excellent. If you give him a free shot, he might knock you out. And that's what, that's what Kane does. You know, overall in the run of play deserved to be two, two at that point, maybe not, but 
when you give uh, such a juicy opportunity, deserve when you when you give one of the deadliest, if not the deadliest, uh, um, striker in the world the 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 ball in a position like that. Well, hey, see, I'm going to come to you about the goal. So, so we have something positive to talk about. Was, wasn't there a, a, a nice positive contribution from your best friend, Eric Lamella? Uh, what, what, what were well, he, he tried to pass it to a teammate. So, yes, that was good. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, the thing is, like, it's no different from the first goal. It was a, a bit of a hopeful cross into the box. I mean, yes, the first one from Dombele was flicked on and Kane finished it. The second one, like if you do put it, if you do try and put it between the two centre halves and we'll, we'll give them both credit for trying that, right? Then you, it can cause issues because if there's no communication, then you, I mean, we saw it tonight. That's what could happen. But um, yeah, like I, I don't think Dombele deserves too much credit for the first goal and I don't think Lamella deserves too much for the second goal. And that's not, that's not me hating either of them because I don't. I just... I don't necessarily feel that. The, the, to me, the credit is the fact that even even the second one, like we all know that Kane's right-footed, but it didn't come to him slowly. Like he didn't have too long to think about it, but thankfully he didn't need it. The the first goal was a much better finish because it was on his weaker side. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to give credit for assists on those goals, frankly. Well, does it go down as an assist when there's there's like deflections and? Uh, who know? I, I don't know the assist rule because I don't like the assist rule. I don't. I don't I really know. care. But I just to to, to me the, the frustrating thing about today is that you know even like when Lucas and Lamella came on, we were much better going forward. There were a couple of occasions when Lamella was standing in in the number ten role and would get the ball and would just drive forward. And I mean, we see that we've seen that throughout his career. The question is which decision is he going to make, <laughs> right? Because you don't know which way is he going to go. Is he going to go left? Is he going to go right? Is he going to try and take the shot on? 99 times out of 100, it's the wrong option. I mean, that, that mm. we, I think we could be sure of. But um, yeah, look, I, I, think we, I think we were better once they came on. Um, it was surprising to see Lucas as a left wing back, but I think he did all right. I just, the, 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 the urgency that came from it was, was obviously needed. But the frustrating thing for me is that in the whole game, we had three shots on target. I mean, it might have been just three shots, but certainly it wasn't that many. Pickford wasn't tested. He just picked we the ball 12. up twice. We had 12, 12 shots, did we? And three on target. Three on target. Yeah, three on target to me is, I mean, that's one every half an hour, right? I mean, like, your math doesn't need to be amazing to figure that out. 30 minutes for a shot on goal? For a shot that actually finds the target, that makes the keeper do something, even if it is just pick it out of his net? That's not good enough. That's not good enough for any team, really, let alone one like Spurs that wants to believe it's good enough for the top four or better. No, like to, the, the the frustrating thing is that we do have players. We have lots of attacking players. It's not like before COVID hit and we didn't have any attackers and we had to play Dilly as like up top by himself and hope that Lucas could maybe do something because they were the only two we had. We've got a ton of attacking players. Two of them didn't even make the 20 and the rest were on the bench. It, it just... It beggars belief that we, we we can't find a way to to make that work better because yeah you know, if you're only having three shots on target in a game you're going to do very well to win that and to, to to put two of them in the in the back of the net is a pretty good ratio by anyone's standards and we can't expect that to happen in every game. <clears throat> Sticking with you, HG, do you think that a draw was a fair result overall? Yes. Um, but like, had it finished two 0 to Everton, I don't think anyone would have complained. Stupid penalty in a worldie—that seems a very um, common scoreline against Spurs. 
I just it, it's really frustrating to watch a game knowing that two of our th- two our two goals came from defensive mistakes that we punished. It wasn't because we were really involved in any of it. And I don't want to hark back to times when when we were more involved in the goals that we scored, but we you know we were beating teams. We weren't waiting for them to make mistakes. We were going out and we were beating them. And I still think that even though the team might not be as good as it was then, we have players that can do that. Jesse, how about you? What did you think of the result? Do you think overall it was fair? I mean, looking at the stats, it it was it looks like we 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 were fairly fortunate. Like the possession fairly even, forty seven fifty three. They had eighteen shots to our twelve, seven on target to our three, and six corners to our three. I, I still feel that they, I think they did have the better chances towards the end. It was a bit uncomfortable. There were, there were chances where we were like, Oh God, come on Spurs. But we, we had chances as well. Do you think that the draw was, was the fair result overall? I mean, when you look at the lineup that, that we run out there, you look at the, the, what you both pointed out correctly, that it wasn't like we created these two beautiful goals out of, uh, out of a, out of great things, but, but really, Again, what we've been susceptible this year is a couple of individual mistakes. In this case, both by the same individual that led to led to you know us punishing those. Um, but with, with with that kind of a, a crew that they rolled out with, given their injuries, you'd think that you'd hope that two goals would be enough. Um, but I'd say we probably you know deserve to lose. But but if I you know one of my best friends is an Everton fan, and I haven't chatted with him yet, but I I'm, I could probably you know see it either way that that a draw is is warranted. Well, going on to HC, I, I seem to always come to you with the um, with the, the, the the serious questions. The big concern at the end of that game was Harry's ankle. It, it seemed innocuous enough, like it, there was a corner for Everton and, and Richarlison fell over and his big Brazilian ass just rolled over Kane's ankle. And immediately he said, it's gone, change me. That doesn't look good for the final, does it? No. If I mean I, I didn't hear any of that, but if that's what happened, then yeah, it doesn't look good. But I mean, this this is what happens when you're the same guy plays every game. How many games has he missed this season? We all know he's got dodgy ankles. We all know this could happen at some point. Um, look, it, it, it's tough because today was one of those games where you thought, okay, maybe if we get the three points, then it's possible. Perhaps if this thing, if these two or three things go our way. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's the same situation that we've been in for the last what three seasons now. Um, Son will almost certainly be up top by himself, and we'll have a, a chance for someone else to to play on the left hand side. Maybe, well, it'd be Lucas, wouldn't it? And let's be honest, it'd be Lucas and Lamella, <laughs> one of those two. Um, it's it's yeah, it's frustrating because no one wants to see their best players go down before a final. But we can't be surprised, and we can't really be too upset. Like we, we we can bemoan the fact, oh, it's really Spursy for this to happen. Well, it's also very Caney for this to happen. I mean, it does happen to him every season. We we just aren't ready to 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 cope with that. I know we brought Vinicius in. I think Vinicius is a decent option, but we don't have a set style. So, like, if if they've not been working on it in the very little bit of training they've had this season, or if we've not stuck to a very specific style in games, then He's not going to be able to do what Kane does, right? I mean, we, we knew that anyway, but at least try and help him so that he can do that. 
um, make it possible for him to get minutes with the team in, in, in occasions where when he could, and we, we haven't done that. So, like it's it's not it's not all um, it's not all lost. I mean, we we can still win the game. We can beat Man City in an FA Cup final not so long ago. It is possible for Spurs to do it. How long it, ago was it? Twenty thirteen, I think. I mean, but back when I mean, City were City were heavier favourites in that game than than they will be it's against eight Spurs, years, but, man. Huh? <laughs> eight years ago. Fucking hell, that's almost a decade. Come so? on. That's, but, but it I happens. It was within the Sheikh Mansour. It was within the Sheikh Mansour. Yeah, but Man City lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final last year. They can lose to worse teams than them. It is possible. They lost to Leeds last weekend. It is yeah. possible, but, you know, you have to be on it and you have to take your chances. And given Spurs without Kane will struggle to do that, you think it's going to be a much tougher afternoon. But I'm not going to sit here and say that we have no chance of winning because we mm. do. We just, we we have to get everything right. And that includes the manager, who I don't think will. So um, yeah, like it, it, it's a struggle, but yeah, I don't know. Like Kane, Kane going down is what happens. If there's a good thing to it, if it if it's uh, more than a few weeks, then it will mean that maybe no one wants to buy him in the summer. But uh, mm. yeah, no, like it's. I guess it's too early to really say what's going to happen. I'm, Kane may even want to go out there on one leg and, and see what he can do. But uh, yeah, I, I think that you, you have to assume that um, he, he's not going to. He, he might make a. He might make the bench just in case we need to take a penalty or something. But otherwise, no, he, he, he will not play that game next week. Yeah, we. Uh, I think it was in Eric Dyer that, that gave the post-match um, interview. Where he said, "Look, Kane gets a lot, lot of kicks, and for him to say take me off is a big thing." That like when, when he had the hamstring against Southampton, you were like, "That's bad. Like that is that is a bad injury." Because Kane is saying, "Take me off," because he's 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 tough. His his pain threshold must be through the roof, and so it, it's not looking good for the final. Uh, I wish I had your optimism. No, but no, no, it wasn't looking good for the final beforehand. Let's be honest. But um, <laughs> it, it's it it's I don't know. Like I I like I don't think we have more than a five percent chance of winning that game. But it is possible to win that game. We, we when we when we broke our duck at Chelsea, you know, was it twenty eight years without a win? Kane didn't start that game, and we went to Chelsea and we beat them. Obviously, we had a better side then. Obviously, we had a better manager then. But it is possible to do those things. Just everything has to go your way. Maybe Man City will get a penalty and miss it, like they tend to do against Spurs in big games. Maybe they won't play a striker. Maybe they will play Raheem Sterling. There are lots of things that can happen that will that will help Spurs out. But yeah, it, whatever happens, we, we don't have a great chance, sadly. Just a couple of points here from Seb that he wanted me to ask. Um, he sent over a couple of points. We should have gone all out to win today. Uh, and he says, uh, we didn't. We didn't play Dele. We didn't play Bale. He's asking, are they ever going to be used? I mean, he, he really is. His point is, get the cup final out of the way and fuck Jose off. One of the reasons, I and mean, he also pointed out that we've conceded more penalties than any other club since Jose took over. And the reason we concede these penalties is that we spend all our time defending. Yep. Uh, Jesse, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, do, 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 do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, if that's what the stats say, it, it, my, my eyes aren't telling a different story. 
um, you know, I've, I've read a, a bunch of these analytical pieces, uh, you know, from, from the athletic and from Ali G and all these other folks that are like, look, when you're, when you're playing that Jose style of defense and, um, you know, when, when you're defending more, when you're asking your, your defenders to, that you are, you're saying clearly, you know, he's not saying it explicitly, but it's obvious all the time that they're not good enough. Um, it's difficult to think that it sometimes, because at one point Toby was one of the best center backs in the league and Dyer was one of the best, you know, was, was one of the first sheet, you know, DM and, and one of the best DMs in the league. And Jose, when he was at United was trying to buy Dyer for 50 million and all that stuff. And so it's difficult to see sometimes these same faces that, that uh, you are expecting more out of, but they're just not, that they're not good enough. And, and with all, when you're spending so much time, um, you know, in, in your own, uh, in your own third and, and facing all these, these uh, attempts. And, and again, earlier this season when everyone was fresh and, and before they had enough, uh, enough footage to see what we were trying to do, but we were still spending a lot of that time. And you look back to the, to the city game and to the Arsenal game in December, when we had that terrific 10 days or so when we, when we were at the top of the league, when it was, you know, a couple of two nil wins, but we were basically two, two chances at goal. And we, we converted on both of those and we weren't, giving up quite as many juicy opportunities, but you, you spend a lot of time near a fire playing with smoke, you're going to get burned. And so it's going to make sense, especially as prone to individual errors as we've been this year, when whether these guys have lost a step or, or just getting a little bit, you know, losing some of that athleticism, it, it, it's that stat lines up with exactly what we've seen where I felt often like we've, we've been giving up, you know, penalties here and there. I mean, a lot of it's been just, you know, being in the wrong place and trying to catch up. But then you have these other, other times where it's these absolute knucklehead decisions. Like when Serge just dropped his shoulder and ran into somebody facing without the ball, I forget who it was on Lester, but earlier this year when, when it's, you know, nil nil at, uh, at the 45th minute and, and we're a few seconds away from halftime and Serge just bull rushes a guy facing away from the, the, the goal with one, you know, one pinky toe in the, in the um, penalty area. It's just, um, it's, a stat that makes sense, but it's it's still a maddening one. A, a defender, right? A good defender doesn't panic, and that includes once they've been beaten, right? Like the the, the best defenders will understand. Okay, I've been done for you know maybe because of skill or pace or whatever but i don't panic and we see that with our defenders like i think eric dyer is a decent defender when the ball is in front of him when the players are in front of him but when they're not <laughs> and it goes behind him he panics when it was the first game of project restart pogba beats him in the box and he pulls him back doesn't need to do it but he panicked because he'd been beaten Aurier did it. Reguillon did it today. I mean, Reguillon wasn't beaten, but he was trying to do something that he, he was panicked. He thought Hammers would get a free shot and he wanted to try and stop it. That makes sense, but you don't do it in your own box. That's just stupid. So it's like it, it, it's ridiculous because yeah, we, we do spend too much time defending, but that's because we can't keep the ball on the ground. Like We could play all of our best passes and I think we'd do okay. Right, we'd, we'd we'd be able to keep the ball away from the opponents. Now, to do that, we'd probably have to have a very weak defence and maybe play someone like Toby and Dyer together, who, are, from what we've seen this season, are probably the best centre half partnership we have. And you just say to Hoybeer, right, you, you you're in front of them, but it's only you, right? So you're going to have Don Bele and Lacelso and Bergvain and Bale and people like that who can keep possession who I think are smart enough to work the ball around your opponents. But 
it, it does put a lot of pressure on Hoiberg to do that. But we haven't really been trying that. We have basically, our attacking formation seems to depend on who Jose has fallen out with. And our defenders, Tim, is for the same reason. I mean, it's all, like, why, why would you fall out with your players regularly? That's just dumb. It's really, really stupid. And whether you're earning 5 million or 15 million or 50 grand a year, you should not do that. You cannot afford to do that because those players at whatever point will will save you your job. They will make you look like you're a good manager. They will like you. I, I read an article today actually in The Athletic and they interviewed the Blackpool manager, right? Guy I'd never really heard of. Used to be at Liverpool Youth, never heard of him. But I read that article and I thought those quotes, if I were a player, I'd want to play for that guy. He understands what it's like to be a player. Like, as everyone knows, I'm a teacher Monday to Friday and I work with various teachers and some of them come in with the attitude of the kids are there to make my life easier. Right? I've got lots of stress, lots of things I need to do, and the kids are there. And if they don't make my life easy, I'm going to be mean to them. But the, the first thing in their mind is, how can they help me? And there are other teachers who obviously think, what well, I'm here because I want the kids to learn. I'm here. And if the kids do well, then that reflects well on me. And Mourinho, sadly, is the first type. Like The players are there to, to do something for him. He's not there to help them. He doesn't think he can. And I just think that's completely the wrong attitude. Yeah, well, looking to, to wrap things up, we're going to do a, a Southampton uh, preview. I'm, I'm probably on YouTube, so do look out for that. Quick predictions while we're here. Uh, HG, Kane looks like he's out. Uh, what do you think the score will be against the Saints? Um, I think War Prowse will score at least one free kick. Um, I think it will be probably another draw, if I'm honest. I think draws are probably where we're going to be. So one one, one one. Jesse, how about you? I think it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a a two zero win. So we feel excited and see a couple of good things happen, just so we can get disappointed um, against uh, against uh, City in the Cup final. Maybe it's a two zero win and Kane comes on just to run around in the eighty third minute, and we start to get optimistic and we're like, you know, I convince myself, hey, look, if we we play defensive and we get a good break and Sonny goes flying down the wing, we could do something. So it's 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 a win just to set us up for even a greater disappointment. And I want to thank you guys. I said I was apathetic at the beginning of this, but this conversation's brought out my ire once again. So I appreciate <laughs> feeling something about Spurs now after a few weeks of uh, feeling lukewarm. And, and there's always an important red card to happen on, on Wednesday night that will get them out of the final as well. So if Kane's out injured... Sonny, someone's going to have a go at him and he's going to react and we'll, we'll end up with... Because that's just Spurs, right? Like, but prepare yourselves for the worst. Whatever you think the worst that can happen on Wednesday night is, it'll be worse than that, okay? So, um, <laughs> I know that's not positive, but it kind of is. Like, be excited. Like, who knows how bad it could be? The unexpected life of being a Spurs fan is something to behold, and you know we are lucky that we are used to it, but it can still come and get you. So, look, it, it could be a nice, boring nil-nil. It could be anything really, but it will be more than what you what you think it will. And and that's at least I think there's something to be said for that. <laughs> yeah, well, my, well, my wife is a sports psychologist, and she talks a lot about uh, 
you know, managing your expectations. So it's a good way if you if you set your expectations at the floor, and uh, and something happens just a few inches above that, then you're happy instead of miserable. That's the thing with Spurs. Our expectation levels are uh, traditionally are quite low. So we we had those five years under Poch where they were they were lifted, they were elevated, but we're still Spurs. So that's why this doesn't hurt that much. That's why I'm kind of like, well, this is us. This is us. We're back to who we are. Go on then, H.G. No, look, this is it. I want Mourinho gone. That's probably where the apathy lies. Once Mourinho's gone, come May, June time, I'll be thinking about the summer. I'll be thinking about people we could get, about how we could make the, the squad and the team stronger, and I'll be happy again. But right now, we all know that we're not getting the best that we can from the players that we have, and we all know that Mourinho is responsible for that. So as soon as he goes, things will look brighter. But... That's not going to happen at least until Sunday. So um, let's hope it happens Sunday night after we've won. And Levy says, right, you've you've done your job. Now fuck off. <laughs> but I mean, obviously it would be it'd be coming from someone who's very short. So it'd be like, oi, you, fuck off. GZ, do listen out for a review. Oh, actually, it'll be me again. Uh, the Southampton game is midweek, so I'll be back. Franco's got a week off. As ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sack Mourinho, the little shit. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.